0: You are listening to The 100K Hairstylist Podcast, episode number two. I'm James Gartner, hairstylist turned top 200 salon owner. But it wasn't all that long ago that I was a broke stylist just trying to get by. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and I was able to sell my salon and build the business I have today, teaching others exactly how I did it. I created the 100K Hairstylist Podcast to give you a simple, actionable, step-by-step strategy to do exactly the same thing. If you're an ambitious hairstylist, salon owner, or even one in the making who's looking to create a business that is thriving and helps you create a life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome everybody to another episode of the 100k hairstylist podcast. I am super, super excited to be here today because we are starting from the very, very beginning. And for those of you who are joining me who are already hairstylists and are in your career right now, um, I just want to let you know that sometimes it is important to, you know, start from the very, very beginning of your career and to be reminded of you know, where you came from, your humble beginnings. And I think that a lot of information that's going to be shared in here is not only for those who are interested in becoming cosmetologists, but also for those of you who are interested in learning a thing or two about what a preliminary hairstylist looks like starting from the very, very beginning. We're talking salaries. We're talking what's involved and also how to become a top paid hairstylist once you are licensed and ready to roll. So let's go ahead and jump right on in without further ado. So for those of you who are joining me, um, I know that on my YouTube and on my um, social media channels, such as Instagram, I get a lot of people who are not only seasoned hairdressers, but I get a lot of people who are interested in becoming cosmetologists. And so that's why I thought that this was a really great place to start to set that foundation for those who are interested in becoming cosmetologists. Um, so what is a cosmetologist? Well, this is somebody who provides cosmetic services to um to people such as hair cutting, hair coloring, nails, skin care treatments and um really the goal is to enhance the appearance of others. But You know not only do we enhance the appearance of others i think it goes beyond that and oftentimes um for those of you who are joining me who are already cosmetologists if you can give those um folks who are joining me who are interested in becoming one a little bit of um you know an amen up in here in the comments Because our job often goes beyond just delivering services that enhance people's looks. Um, Ultimately, we not only make people look good, but we make them feel good too. And um, like I said, for those of you who know what I'm talking about, who are already licensed and doing the craft, um, just give me a little amen in the comments below because oftentimes we build such personal relationships with our customers. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things I'm getting some amen's up in here. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that it's so interesting because we are the only profession that um, you know, one of the only professions besides doctors and nurses Uh, to physically touch people. And I think that when you have that kind of connection, oftentimes you build this sort of relationship where people open up to you. We know about their divorces. We know about their cancer scares. We know about all of the things, the deep, dark, dirty secrets and um, good, bad, ugly, and everything in between. And I think that it's not only our job to make people look good, but it's also our gig to make people feel good. As well. And so um, I just wanted to kind of stress that for those of you who are joining me who are interested in becoming cosmetologists, that it goes way beyond just the actual service providing and doing the actual work. Um, And I think that that's part of the really cool thing about our job. Yep. Amen. I hear you, sister. It is so, so true. And so, you know, I also kind of want to get into a little bit about where hairdressers and cosmetologists work. Um, A lot of us work in just salons, just regular salons that you'll find in your neighborhoods and um, more of the higher-end salons that you'll find in A-plus malls and things like that. Um, they work in spas. Um, oftentimes cosmetologists take a, uh, different turn in their career and they will work in aesthetics and they'll work in nail technology. Um, and even massage therapy sometimes with, which often leads to another career path, which is resorts. Um, sometimes you live in a town where, um, you are more of a resort community, so there'll be a lot of spa services in resorts, and you'll do a lot of blowouts and those types of things to um, give people a little release from their everyday life. So what does a typical schedule look like for a hairstylist? Well, okay, so this varies a little bit. A typical schedule is um, most hairstylists usually work full-time. So that's a 40-hour work week, and some even work beyond, especially those ones who really want to make that money. Um... And it's also common, though, to see hairdressers who work a part time schedule. Um, you know, and the reason for this is that oftentimes a hairdresser's career is very flexible. So we can have times where, um, we need to sort of adjust our schedule on a whim. And, um, let's say, you know, things are coming up for the kids that we know about. We have to switch our schedule around. And being a hairdresser is oftentimes quite flexible. Um, as long as you're not booked out several Several weeks in advance which is the ultimate goal by the way and we are gonna get into that in future episodes there is no doubt about it but like I said we're starting from the very very beginning here on what a cosmetologist does so um, it's not uncommon uh, to find somebody working a part-time schedule and I'll tell you what I have many friends who work part-time including myself and make a full-time income just working part-time so that is kind of the joy of this career Also. Oftentimes, though, that includes um, nights and weekends, and the reason for that is because uh, simply because our guests, um, you know, to accommodate our guests, we want to make sure that we are working nights and weekends so that we can get in on their time. So um, that's the typical schedule generally of a hairdresser. Most will work full-time. It's not uncommon to see part-time workers, and um, generally you're going to be working nights and weekends as a hairdresser. Um, For those of you who are joining me who are a hairdresser behind the chair right now, I'm sure that you can attest to that and you can give me a little wave down below so that I know who you are and I can say, hey. Let's go ahead and get into some of the opportunities that are available as a hairdresser and talk a little bit about average salary. Okay, this one is oftentimes a, um, a doozy. And for those of you who are joining me, this is where it's going to get real juicy because you can really start to understand what the average salary is a hairdresser and kind of compare it to where you're at currently. And for those of you who are here who are interested in getting into this career path um, We're going to share with you what a typical hairstylist and um, other occupations in that field get paid so that you can have an idea of um, where you're going to be. So I just want to put a little caveat out there because, like I said, this is a very touchy subject. And, um, you know, I'm that girl. I am going to go there. You know what I mean? A lot of people try to, you know, especially coaches in the industry, they'll try to avoid this topic because, um, oftentimes, uh, salary is a very tricky, uh, subject. And, um, people oftentimes get a little bit, um, uh, it gets a little bit personal, you know, uh, when we talk salaries. But I want to throw this caveat out there just because of that. Salary is going to vary based on many different things. I cannot stress that enough. Um, when we say 100K hairstylist, this is going to vary depending upon where you live. And oftentimes what what, draw, what draws you to this podcast is that name itself, the 100K hairstylist, because that really is the ultimate goal for people is to to make that money and to be that top paid hairdresser. But your pay is ultimately gonna vary based on your geographic location, so where you're located. It is going to be based on your experience level, so how much experience you have behind the chair and in the industry. Um, It's gonna be based on a commission rate if you are on a commission basis in the salon. And um, it could also vary based on your overhead. If you are a booth renter, what you're paying for monthly rent, if you are a suite owner and what you're paying for your suite rent, um, and all of your products and expenses that are associated with that. Um, And it also could be varied based upon if you are self-employed and you are working in a home-based business. Okay? It's so funny. Oftentimes, I'll hear people be like, I'm a 100K stylist and then we get into talking and I say tell me a little bit about your operations and what you do and oftentimes they're like oh well I work out of my home or, or I work out of this building here where I don't have any rent or very low rent and of course you're gonna make more money that makes perfect sense So what I'm trying to get at here is that it really is based on your location your experience level the rate of commission and of course whether you're self-employed and what your overhead looks like your expenses. So let's go ahead and jump right on in to um, what people should get paid. Yes, absolutely. I'm seeing here somebody saying that it's also based on your pricing and where you live. That is 110% correct. Um, your pricing really dictates. And again, experience level, how much experience you have dictates how much you can charge behind the chair. So really great point there. Um, so now hairstylists. A average hairstylist pays. This is the national average. Are you ready for it? $13.88 an hour. I know. Now, for those of you who are just joining the industry, that may seem like a great amount. That may seem like wonderful. I can't wait to get paid that. However, for some of you who are joining me here, that may seem a little wah-wah. And I get that. However, this is outside of your tips. Now, let's touch a little bit on that as well. Um, we are not counting those tips that people are handing you in cash. So if people are handing you those cash tips, oftentimes those go right inside of your pocket. And um, I know, it's, it's something that isn't generally claimed, it's just one of those things that's sort of the unspoken word in our industry. We often take those tips, we put them in our pocket, and we forget that they even existed and nobody really knew about them. <laughs> so the national average is 1388, which is generally um, your average hourly rate that you're making along with the credit card tips that may have been claimed. So this ranges, of course, that is the national average, which, um, you know, if you are a top paid hairdresser, you're probably like, what? But it kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of of where people are averaged out in this industry. So for those of you are, who are doing beyond that, you can give yourself a big pat on the back because it means that you are really progressive in your career and that you have all of the systems and things in place. Um, for those of you who are right there, it means that there could be some systems that we can work on to get you even higher in that ranking. And so let's talk about what that ranking is. While that might be the average, here's the reality, in some states, you are actually making minimum wage. So this varies from $7.25 an hour, which is some of the, um, some states actually have that as their minimum wage all the way up to a $52.60 marker. So we're looking at like $53 an hour. So here you can see that's a huge range. Um, some people are going to go from $7.25 when they're just starting out and super experienced people could be making making $53 plus an hour. So keep that range in mind, you guys. That the national average is going to vary on many, many different things, location, all the things that we talked about. But that pay range can go all the way up to $53 an hour and beyond, depending upon what your skill level is, what you're charging for prices, and all of those things. And it is my personal goal to make sure that you have all of the systems that you need in place behind the chair to reach that top paid hair. Stylist status. We're talking that $53 an hour and beyond. And that's not including all of your tips. So, for those of you who are working behind the chair and joining me right now, can you send me a little money marker right now in the comments? Because you know that oftentimes your tips can equate to almost the same amount as your base pay. So, now we're talking, right? So, a hairstylist career can be very, very lucrative. And um, it just is a matter of honing in on your experience, speed, and systems. And we'll touch on that in a little bit. So now let's talk about a little bit of the other careers that are available to those of you who um, may be interested in going beyond just a hairstylist career. Let's say you are interested in becoming a cosmetology instructor, right? Well, cosmetology instructors make an average of $18.65 an hour. Um, That's a that's a pretty great pay rate for somebody who is is teaching in the craft and um you may be interested in doing that i know that um i shared with you in the first episode that i was once a um a hairstylist and then move directly into cosmetology instructing because I liked the idea of having that solid pay rate. And um, so super, super important to note that, that if you're not interested in actually service providing behind the chair, um, it may be advantageous for you to be an instructor as well. I'm seeing some dollar signs right now in the comments. Absolutely. This can be a very, very rewarding career if you know how to do it right. So... Now, cosmetology instructors can go up from $18.65 an hour, but that really is the pay. So be nice to your instructors, okay? (laughs) Um, They are working really, really hard and have to deal with a lot of shit. And for those of you who are instructors, you know exactly what I mean. Um, But, you know, through years of experience, that pay rate can go up from there. It just really depends on where you're at in your career. But the starting pay and the national average for cosmetology instructors is about $18.65. Now, let's get into cosmetology sales reps and educators. Now, this is something I know very, very well because I had spent a good majority of my life as a hairstylist and as an instructor working in the field uh, doing education work. So that means I was working for the product line, and I was not only working behind the chair, but I was traveling around the nation and around the world, really, um, teaching people about the product line and the newest techniques and all of That stuff. Um, But it's not only those types of educators that I'm talking about. It is also the educators that are sales reps. Now I'm talking about reps that you see in your salon every now and again for distributors. Uh, These folks, um, are also kind of bundled in this as well, because oftentimes the hourly and the yearly sort of correlate the same. So for sales reps and for educators, the yearly amount is about $58,000 a year. Again, this varies, but the national average is about 58,000 a year. So, um, Keep that in mind if that is a career that you're interested in getting into. Oftentimes you'll see people like myself who not only worked behind the chair or worked as a cosmetology instructor, but they also worked as a product line educator because in a sense, you can really maximize your income yearly by having these two different revenue streams. You could be out in the field on um, Mondays when you're not working behind the chair teaching for a product line. And you can be in the salon the rest of the days during the week making your money that way. So that can be a really great um, dual income right there as well. So a lot of times you'll hear 100K hairstylists say, oh, I make this a year. But What are their revenue streams? Are they a working professional behind the chair? And are they also a product line educator? And are these two streams combined giving them that yearly amount of 100K a year? So all these things that you really have to take into consideration when it um, comes to hearing those things. And I know we talked a little bit about in our last episode about not comparing your beginning to somebody else's um, uh, journey in their end game. So right now they could be making that. but Never, ever compare yourself because um, you see them as this this huge top paid hairstylist, but you don't have um, their background. You don't know how long it took them to get there and what type of revenue streams they have currently. So never, ever compare yourself. Know that these things are possible and you can get there. Now, let's talk about salon managers for a minute. This is also a really viable career opportunity for those of you who are interested in joining in this career. And even for those of you who are a hairdresser and maybe finding out that this might not be your jam and you want to pursue something else, salon management is a wonderful opportunity. Um, and the average pay for a salon manager is around $39,600 a year. So please be nice to your salon managers. They are working extremely hard for that money. And oftentimes as leaders, they take a lot of the brunt of things that go on in the salon. So it's important to help them out and to be kind to them. Um, But again, this $39,600 can vary. If you are in a top scale salon, you could be making much more than that as a salon manager. But this is the national average for salon managers. It's around $39,600 a year. So that is a really great viable opportunity if maybe you want to get more into the business side of things. I find that Oftentimes, people will go from being hairdressers and move directly into being salon managers and then becoming salon owners themselves because they picked up all of these skills as salon management. Um, So that's a really great option as well as sort of a stepping stone in your career to get you to that place if ultimately your goal is to become a salon owner, salon management position would be a really great opportunity to help you get there. So now that we know a little bit about career opportunities and the average salary, let's get into how to actually become a cosmetologist, okay? So this is going to be for those folks here who um, have not completed the program yet, but um, are interested in potentially becoming cosmetologists. So number one, you have to meet the minimum requirements, And this means that you have to be 16 years or older in order to get into this career. And um, oftentimes you'll see that high schools actually network with um, schools locally, colleges and things like that to offer these programs to you before you even graduate high school. And if I were to do it all over again, that's exactly what I would do is I would go into my high school program because it's cheaper and you can get it done while you're in school. So you can get out of school early to go to beauty school. So that's a win-win. Um, oftentimes I find people who do that and they love it, it's a great side gig while they're actually. Going going to college. And it's funny because the majority of them go to college but still end up doing hair because they advance so, so fast in their career at a young age that it's just a wonderful part-time income for them to have. If that's you and you're one of those ones who did the early college program in high school, uh, send me a little message below to let me know who you are. So number two, now that you know what the minimum requirements are, you have to have uh be 16 years or older and you have to have a high school degree or equivalent. And like I said, there are circumstances where you can go to beauty school while you are in high school as well on your way to graduating. So that's pretty cool. Number two is that you have to enroll in a cosmetology school. So what we're talking about here is finding a school. I will support any school that is accredited by NACAS. Um, N-A-C-C-A-S. And I believe that this is, and let me just read my little notes here. This is the National Accrediting Commission for Career Arts and Sciences, <laughs> for those of you who wanted to know what it is. And really what this means is that they go through a process of um, Review, so that you know that they are placing people outside of uh, of their own walls into jobs when they graduate from school and that their graduates are actually going on to get licensed. So having that accreditation, they have to meet certain requirements of how many people graduate and get licensed. Um, not only that, you get more financial aid options uh, when you go with an accredited school. So what you're looking for is a school that's accredited by NACAS, N-A-C-C-A-S um and then that way you can take advantage of a lot of the financial aid that's available as well um how much does it cost this is a common question that i get and um beauty school typically costs about $10,000 or more and this varies by area but the typical is about 10k so um it gives you a little uh basis to go off of and why you might need financial aid so um 10k and um that's really about the standard when it comes to cosmetology school so the third step to becoming a cosmetologist is to actually complete the program so uh, this varies by state and um, it's funny I get this question a lot and I can't I typically can't answer unless I do a google search and find out how many hours you have to uh, put in for your school based on the state that you're in but typically this ranges from a thousand hours to 2300 hours depending upon um, some states that require more hours for you to get. License. So between a thousand and 2,300 hours. And you can complete the program going full time or you can complete the program going part time. Um, it just depends upon your preference and your workload. I know a lot of people who will work full time and go to school part time to get their license. Now, the fourth step is is to decide on what your specialty is going to be. We just talked about this where um, we went over, you know, do you want to eventually become an educator? Do you want to be a salon owner? It just really all depends upon what your end game is um, that you can decide on a specialty. I knew that I was going to be a color and um, cutting specialist. Those were my two jams. I loved cotton color, so I knew that that is what I was going to focus on. And um, you could also say, I want to do nails or I want to do aesthetics. It really just depends upon what you want and what personal preference is. Some people don't like to be um, vocal in their craft. And so aesthetics is a great option because the spa is very quiet and soothing and you don't have to talk a lot. Um, but yeah, decide on your specialty. And then the fifth part is going to be to pass the exam for licensing. Okay. And your school's real main goal is to get you to pass that exam. Because again, like I talked about accreditation, they have to keep their accreditation to get financial aid, which means that they have to have a certain amount of people not only graduate, but get placed into salons going forward. So um, their goal really is to get you to pass that exam. So what are you going to learn through this process of going to school? Um, and here's where it's, here's where I can count on my hairstylist friends who are already licensed to, um, to give me a little, uh, a little hey. Yes, I know what you're talking about because the main goal of school, like I said, is is not to make you a a wonderful hairstylist when you get out of school. And I think this is where the confusion comes into play, is that a lot of people who go to beauty school think that they're choosing a school that's going to make them an amazing hairdresser. And typically, that's not the case. Their goal is really to get you to pass the state board so that they can keep their accreditation and continue (laughs) going forward in what they need to do, which is get more recruits in to uh join beauty school. So the main things that you're really going to learn, and this may be a shocker for those of you who are new, um, is yes, you're gonna do hair treatments, you're going to do coloring treatments, you're gonna learn all those things. There's no doubt about it. You're gonna get a great foundational base. Um and really, some things that I want to sort of caveat on top of that are you're going to learn sanitation practices. This is probably the number one thing, especially right now in the world um, where we are experiencing such craziness. The sanitation practices are huge. So you're going to learn sanitation practices you're also going to learn human anatomy. This surprises a lot of people when I when I tell them that in beauty school, you have to learn about the muscles. You have to learn about the bones. You have to learn about the different layers of the skin. And um, it shocks people that we have to know that. But look, like I said, we're one of the very few industries where we actually touch people, um, just like a nurse or a doctor. So we have to go through anatomy to understand what we're doing to the skin and what we're doing to the hair. So human anatomy, we also have to learn chemistry. Uh, this is part of coloring services and things like that. We've got to know um, what we're doing from a chemistry standpoint when we're mixing chemicals together, what to mix together, what not to mix together um, that could create bad reactions. So chemistry is involved, electricity is involved because we are using a lot of appliances and high wattage tools to be able to get the results that we need. So electricity plays a factor. We have to go through a whole training on electric. Um, we also, again, learn the hair treatments, the skin treatments, the nail treatments. Um, very, very basics of those treatments. And then a really cool thing, we actually learn a lot of management theory. So you'll go through a whole management training course where you'll learn how to operate business and uh, manage salon business. So it's really kind of cool in that respect that you get a very broad overall understanding. So now that we know what you're going to learn, let's talk about becoming a top paid cosmetologist, okay? Because I know that ultimately the goal for those of you who are um, looking to get into this career is to become really great at what you're at, at what you do and become a top paid cosmetologist. So um, this is that also known as the 100K hairstylist, okay? Now, this does not happen in beauty school. I hate to um, to drop the, uh, uh, you know, to, for you to swallow that pill, but your goal in beauty school is to learn all of the basics, the very, very foundational levels of what a cosmetologist does, along with all of the other things that we went over, and to pass that state board. That is the ultimate goal. All of the advanced training that really makes you a top hairdresser comes in the workforce. It comes outside of school when you get into a salon and you start working. So here is a point that I wanna drive home here as we start to close this out. You are going to want to get into a salon right away while you're going to beauty school. And, um, you know, not all salons are going to offer this kind of training. And um, some offer what we call interning even. So be sure that you ask your salon for their curriculum. You want to know what you're going to be learning. And I can let you in on a little secret. Most salons don't even have a training program at all. And that blows my mind. Um, you know, coming from somebody who owned a top two hundred salon, I wanted to make sure that our training program was on point, and that people who came into our salon were going to learn all of the school, all, all the skills that they needed to be able to become a top hairdresser fast. And um, not all salons have that. Sometimes they have what we call interning programs, and um, interning programs are, are are really great. I mean, it's it's essentially a shadowing program. But I'm going to be honest with you: most interns are doing shampoos, they're cleaning color bowls, they're um, taking towels and cleaning, uh, putting them in the washer and doing all of the work that needs to be done. Now, those things are always going to be part of somebody that's new to the industry. You're going to be doing that sort of work to begin with because you have to work your way up into the rankings of becoming a top paid hairdresser. But if that's all you're doing and your salon doesn't offer anything advanced for you to learn, um, you know, it might be time to ask for a curriculum or to find a salon that actually offers a curriculum or somebody in your salon who can teach you the ways and take you under their wing um, so that this way you can learn that skill set to becoming a top paid hairdresser. Um, So network with people who are in your salon and say, hey, I'd love to just shadow you behind the chair when I'm not doing the towels and when I'm not doing the sanitation and the cleaning um, and doing the shampooing, I want to be right there next to you, learning from you. Um, oftentimes they'll say, absolutely, come on board, because they'd love to have the help. Um, but for those of you who are looking for a salon, just be sure that you ask for their curriculum. You want to know what they're going to provide you coming in. And I'll give you a little brief rundown of the things that you want to be learning, okay? Okay. You are going to be wanting to learn um, advanced skill sets to be able to increase your speed behind the chair, because there are time standards that you're going to have when you hit the floor. And you want to make sure that you don't run over, because you run over on that first customer. You guys who are licensed know exactly what I'm talking about. It happens on occasion. You run over on that first customer, and your whole damn day is set off, and everybody is running late, and it is a nightmare to try to catch up, and you are sweating bullets just trying to get there. Oftentimes, we can catch up if you're really good at what you do, but it will set your whole day off if you run late on that one customer. So you're going to want to look for a place that's going to offer you skill set improvements so that you can work on your speed and get up to speed fast. Um, or even some salons will offer what we call a not only an interning, but they'll offer like an entry level hairstyles where you start right away behind the chair and customers know that they're coming to see somebody new who may be less experienced and struggle with speed. Um, and they know what they're getting into before they come into the salon so that this way um, they can grow with you. And you can grow that skill set as well. You're also going to want to look for a salon that's going to offer you the systems of um, sales behind the chair. Um, You want to know from point A to point Z what you're going to be doing with your customers so that they have the very best experience and the best journey. And you can maximize the amount of money that you're making with every single customer. And, um, so those are the things that you're looking for as just a, a top level, uh, program. Uh, now, again, you have to have the right mix of experience, speed, and systems. And this is my ultimate goal going forward is to teach you all those speeds and those systems. For those of you who are brand new in the salon, you can head over to my YouTube channel if you're not watching right now live. And I have a whole intern program section where every month I'm releasing a video from our intern program uh, for you to be able to uh, work on a mannequin with me online through those videos and get your speed up to and skill level up to where it needs to be. This was the same exact training that I gave my team, um, and I am confident and know 100% without a doubt that it's going to get you to where you need to be technically. So there's a little freebie for you right there. And for those of you who are in the industry already and are, you know, maybe at that average level and are just looking to take your career to that next level, um, you know that I have courses that I'll do throughout the year, and the next set of courses are going to be in January, for um, my uh, hairstylist growth accelerator program where we teach you all of those systems behind the chair to become a top paid hairdresser, get out of that average income and really start making the money. And um, sometimes I see people join this program who are part timers and those part timers make full time incomes working part-time behind the chair, just using these systems that we teach. So there's going to be tons of things available to you in the next episodes as well, as far as all of these systems. I want to thank you guys for joining me today and spending your time with me. And I cannot wait to see you in the next episode. Thanks guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the 100k hairstylist podcast if you enjoyed this episode it would mean so much to me if you would share your biggest takeaway on your instagram stories or wherever you hang out this helps me understand what you find most helpful so that i can make more episodes and resources like this if this podcast has helped you at all please take a second to leave a review so that we can share the word with others who may enjoy this and last but not least don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes sent to you directly to learn how to work with me one on one and get instant access to freebies, trainings, ebooks, and courses that will help you thrive as a hairdresser and salon owner, go to GartnerJames.com right now. I'll see you in the next episode.